What's up, everyone? Welcome back to episode 33 of Track Talk Podcast. We are your hosts, Emma and Hannah. We have a Coda recap coming to you. We, we also have a guest. I was going to say, we have a third host today. Yes. We also have a, a guest, third host. To us, she's the, the missing third of Track Talk yes. usually when we yeah. record. Um, to you, she's our friend Boston that we've talked about many times. Um, also, our American correspondent. So yeah. we figured this is Coda. She is from the States. We are not. We're going to have um, a little guest with us today to recap our race. Welcome, Boston. Welcome, Boston. Thanks for having me, guys. That's such a nice introduction. Um, Yeah, whenever they say our friend from Furious Motorsport or our friend Boston, they're not talking about the city. They're talking about me. Um, (laughs) I'm a real person, I promise. (laughs) Boston also goes by Boss Ron, Bison, all of, Bison. The, yes. all of the autocorrect fails. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, Boston is a girl. I which people... Boston is a girl. <laughs> Boston is a girl. Boston is not a guy's name. Boston is a is is a girl. No, I I, uh, I asked Emma. Sorry, this will be quick. I asked Emma a couple weeks ago. I'm like, when I first emailed you, did you think I was a guy or a girl? Because a lot of the time when I um I do uh influencer outreach for Figures Motorsport and communications. So a lot of the times when I reach out to influencers, they think I'm a guy, which is common because Boston is typically a boy's name. Um, and then I texted Emma a couple weeks ago and I was like, I just need to know if you thought I was a guy or a girl. And she was like, no, uh, I saw the exclamation points and I thought you were a girl. So I am a girl. It's typically a boy's name, but yeah. I've never met anyone else named Boston. Have you? No. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Me neither. Okay. We're going to jump into this wild week and the wild, wild West. It's not even that West, is it? It's more South. Anyway, um, a few exciting things happened this week, starting with McLaren signing on Bianca Bustamante Mm -hmm. as their like Academy driver as Mm -hmm. their. So next season F1 Academy announced a few weeks back and we talked about it, that they're going to, each team is going to have an F1 team affiliate. Mm -hmm. And so this is just kind of not the first one that that's come out, but Bianca is going to be with McLaren. McLaren. So there's 15 drivers in the F1 Academy series, um, five teams, three drivers each. And each F1 team has to have an affiliate driver, like a young driver, part of the, the their driver program, essentially. Mm-hmm. And that driver will be using their F1 team's livery for the F1 Academy season. So Bianca has been signed for McLaren, which is super, super exciting. Can I just say... I feel like McLaren knows exactly what they're doing when it comes to not only signing drivers with skill, but signing drivers with popularity. With the following. With the following. Yeah. Yeah. They have like the most like amazing, like just PR wise, like Mm. the most amazing lineup. Like it's going to be so easy to get content from these people, both Mm. with Aero McLaren and Indy, Formula One McLaren, and now F1 Academy McLaren. Like they've got their marketing team is doing cartwheels in the office right now. 100%. When we, and I say when, run our game show. Be as yes. good. She has to be there. Oh my god. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my god, she doesn't have to be there. McLaren is the first F1 team to sign on their F1 Academy driver, correct? It was. Okay, it, I wasn't sure. There are because there were drivers that there are other F1 Academy drivers today that showed up with Alpine. Um oh, so maybe because I know Abby Polling is with Alpine. Right. Abby Polling's with Alpine. Lena Bueller. Lena Bueller's with Alfa Romeo. But that doesn't, but Lena Bueller's also aging out this okay. season for, like, she can't do F1 Academy next yeah, year. Yeah. But they haven't announced their, like, they haven't announced it for 2024. So as of mm. right now, Abby Pulling is with Alpine, mm-hmm. but that's just this season. So, right, right. And okay. it's not, it wasn't mandatory this season. Now it is. Right. So, oh, so maybe I'm wrong. 
F1 Academy, we can talk about it quickly. So Marta Garcia is officially the F1, the first F1 Academy champion. She won it on race one. There was a certain number of points she had to like to certain number of points she needed to be crowned champion after that race. And she hit it, which is super exciting. George was there to hand out the trophies at the end of the race. Lewis was there as well to chat with some of the F1 Academy drivers. He was there all weekend. He was there all weekend. Susie Wolf had made a comment about like, it's great that Lewis is there, but you know, we wish we saw the support from other drivers as Mm -hmm. well. Um, Yeah. Carlos did end up chatting with Marta this Mm -hmm. sometime this weekend because they're both Spanish drivers, Mm -hmm. but yeah, just like big things this weekend for an Academy. I would love to know how many people tuned in to watch. I tuned in to watch. Um, Me too. And that was a lot of fun to watch. It was just like, why wouldn't you want to watch it? It was good racing too. Mm -hmm. I know. And the cars are definitely nowhere near as intense as the F1 cars, but they're like, these girls are incredible drivers. Uh, during the second race, which is more of a sprint race, Bianca actually I was going to say that she stalled, yeah. She stalled at the very beginning, and I was heartbroken. Um, and then she ended up finishing seventh, so she still finished with two points at the end of that race. Like, she she fought her way back up. Mm-hmm. As well, when all was said and done, Prima Racing um, ended up taking the championship. team championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big things for F1 Academy. Yeah, if you guys did watch it, please let us know what you thought. I think that with them being broadcasted next year, it's going to help their ratings more. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's exciting to see what happens now, like with uh, Lena, who's now aged out. Is she going to go to F3, F2 with Marta? Like, is she going to do another year in F1 Academy? Like, it's just, it's exciting to see like what like what these next steps are for the drivers. Mm-hmm. Okay, not going to lie. Don't really know what happened in the sprint. I didn't watch sprint or sprint shootout. Um, it was, if okay. I can remember correctly, it was kind of boring. The sprint? Yeah. It wasn't uh, anything exciting. I heard the sprint race yeah. was awful. It, I mean, Max won. There was a part where he like did this like spin, but then he catches himself. Yeah. It was a beautiful move, um, but he won. Like he went on to win. There's no surprise there. I enjoy sprints, but there was nothing that happened that was like really exciting. Except during sprint quali, Mr. George Russell impeding on Charles and Charles's radio message, radio message, like, and penalty for Mr. George Russell. Thank you. Or something like that. Like that was pretty good. Yeah. I saw, um, a funny picture on Twitter of Charles, like dressed as a referee. referee. I was like, this this is good. It's hilarious. And then even so at Boston, I think we were texting about it when George overtook off the track during the sprint race and then didn't give the position back. Back. And then Gasly had pointed it out, Pierre pointed it out and was like, oh, George pushed off the track or whatever, or overtook off the track and gained an advantage. And then Pierre went to go overtake him. And then it wasn't until like five laps later that they were finally like penalizing George about it. So it was kind of weird. We were like, is anyone going to do anything about that? Like, is that a real thing? Like, is George supposed to go back to car places now because he overtook when he wasn't supposed to? Like, that's where the confusion came from. Because mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know what yeah. happened in this situation. Too much no. has gone by. Yeah. Too much has happened. I don't know. It was just weird. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely correct. It was like a five second penalty. But yeah. they didn't call it out for like five laps later, though. That was the thing. And the sprint race only being 19 laps. You're like, OK, we're running out of time here. If you're going to do it, do it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was strange. Very strange. Yeah. But there's what? There's two two more sprint races or one more sprint race? It's kind of interesting how they're all in the back half. Like, I guess at the European tracks, a lot of them aren't built for like a sprint format. Like, you're never going to see a sprint in Monaco. But why are we having so many sprints near the end of the season? Like, yeah, you know? we have one more sprint left in Brazil, Um, which I think like Brazil, personally, I think Brazil is a great track for a sprint. Mm-hmm. 
Coda, not necessarily the best track for a sprint. I don't know. I like Coda. It's just a longer track, though. That's well. like, yeah. The tire wear like- at Coda is is so high, though, that mm-hmm. I'm not sure it was the best, like, strategic decision to have a, a sprint there. But yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking, just like tire wise. I don't think necessarily Coda is the best track for a sprint, mm-hmm. but um, maybe be- maybe it is better because it is a longer track. The race feels a little bit longer than it would be at a shorter Mm-hmm. sort of track they only had three sprints last year now they have six i know i think that's why everyone is just like this is a lot of sprints i have yeah. i mean everybody knows changing the sprint format has been my cause this season i've talked about it a lot i'm finally seeing other mainstream f1 media pick it up i saw so many tweets and reports from like bigger news accounts this weekend that were like we need to change the format we need to do a reverse grid we need to do something different to keep sprint interesting because like no one's interested here this is literally just another 19 laps of max verstappen winning like Mm -hmm. it's not interesting and i've been saying this like there just needs to be more at stake because eight points for the amount of tire wear and the wear and tear on the car itself is just not worth it in my eyes and i i honestly would would bet that a lot of drivers would say the same Mm-hmm. Like just not worth it. I like I understand why they changed the layout to have it its own quality. Mm-hmm. Have it it's have it like it's on its own day, but there's no there's no benefit. Like I think what they did last year was having the sprint results line up the grid. Even that is it just gives it like an extra layer. There's of, just like, more at stake yeah. in a sprint in that in that way. But I don't know. We'll see if they change anything next year. They haven't announced what races are sprint races, or they haven't announced anything on that. But yeah. Anyway. I, yeah, uh, I'm not my favorite sprint race this season, but that's okay because the race made up for it. Quick disclaimer before we continue with this part of the episode. So unfortunately, the news about the disqualification came out hours after we recorded the podcast. We don't actually discuss what happened with Lewis and Charles post-race. Um, that doesn't mean that you don't hear our thoughts, though. We were able to meet this morning and talk about what happened, share our opinions. So stay tuned until the very end of the episode. We'll slide that little segment in there just because we couldn't miss chatting about this news. So don't worry, we still chat about it, but not until the end of the episode. That was a good segue. You think so? You didn't like the race? It was entertaining. It, it was really... entertaining, but did you love the race because Lance got points? I enjoyed the race because it was actually so it was it was entertaining. And I but I want to talk about quality first before we get into the race. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We're like we're getting ahead of ourselves here. Um it was Charles's 21st career poll. At his 100th race. Nope. Oh, it was his 100th race. It was his George's, Him, George's and Lando's. And Lando's 100th race. Yeah, and Charles right. forgot. Yeah. Lando actually made I would say the most deal out of it. Like yeah. I saw the most of Orlando. He had a hundred stickers on his helmet. Which I love. It was very cute. I actually also, yeah. this might be a hot take, loved Charles's helmet, the football helmet. The football. Lots of people hated it. I loved it. I just, I just thought, thought it was interesting. I thought he kind of, it just, mm, the red giving, and the green. Merry Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> it was giving Christmas. Okay, this is why you're here, our American correspondent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, And like the football helmet, like I get why he did it, but like, the football kind of would have made more sense in like Miami because they're playing at like Hard Rock Stadium. Yeah. Uh, but like I also do get it because it's Texas and Texas loves their football. So I don't know. Well, not my favorite helmet. Joe Guanyu's <laughs> helmet. It was like Joe's like, helmet. Oh my God. Cowboy. I was so good. I yeah. was like, it was one of my favorite helmets this weekend, I think. 100%. Okay. Well, then he wins the helmet. He wins helmet yeah, by far, by leaps and bounds. What? That's what? such a great segment. Helmet of the week. Yes. Ooh. <laughs> that would be good. But not all drivers change their helmets up. I know. I know. But 
they do usually for like races like this yeah like big races like, i know i don't well, want to downplay other races but like a monaco or a, a coda or a i don't know like well, nobody really does it notable for, like, the miami Grand Prix. yeah right. like um who do you think the best helmet in vegas i think daniel's gonna come up with something really cool because i mean he's been like the advocate for the vegas grand prix for like years and years and years so mm -hmm. if he doesn't come out with something for vegas i'm gonna be a little bit disappointed because this is this is his race that's fair danny yeah i i would also say i mean charles loves vegas we know that i feel like lewis could show up with something really cool too since he has like the whole like neon yellow and like yeah. rome type of deal something just like so like what was it for singapore he had that helmet that was the, the he, he worked with that artist yeah to, it was like yeah. or I'm, japan it was japan maybe well and, um, and vegas is a night race so that would make sense yeah i think lando's gonna have the best helmet okay he always has the best helmets i think he's got he's like up there i love lando yeah, you too. alex always has great helmets too they yes. always have his pets on it love it mm -hmm. alex yes sneaky good helmets everybody else should let us know who you think has the best helmet game and who will have the best for vegas i'd love to know what people think hmm. that's this is very classic the three of us because we were talking about quality and all of a sudden helmets are the biggest thing in the yeah. world. Um, yeah, we put a hard stop on today's episode. Otherwise, we wouldn't shut up. Sorry, I want to talk about Alonzo not making out of Q1. Yes, this is probably the biggest yeah. out of qualifying this weekend, I would say. Is this his first time not making it out of Q1 this whole season? Yes. It. Uh, I, think it I think it was... Yeah, no, it was for sure this season. It might have even been extended. I don't know. But I was very... Because... The Aston Martins, along with a lot of teams, brought some really, really good upgrade packages to this weekend. And I was kind of thinking that Aston Martin like had it because Lance wasn't doing too bad. Um, and then all of a sudden, they're both starting from the pit lane. I mean, to be fair, like they did want to make more changes on it to like really make the most of the upgrades. But I'm like, wouldn't you do that before the race started? Like that's the that's why they started from the pit lane. How did you get away with not talking about Lance DNFing in the sprint race? Did he DNF? I will not let that go. What? Did he? Yeah, I think he did. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. After 16 laps. Ah! I missed that. I was, oh, yeah. Oh, wait, I remember that. Why? What Do you happened? know why? I think I even texted you. I don't remember why, but I was texting you, Emma, and I was like, oh, bye, Lance. Like, he's just done. I don't remember why. Technical problem. He had to retire because of a technical problem. Whatever that uh... I don't remember that. I think I blacked out. I went back and looked. I texted you about it and you did not respond to it. You immediately switched the subject. Maybe I just didn't want to admit it's it. It's just, yeah, it's actually just a, a form of coping. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I don't blame you. It's okay. If I don't acknowledge it, you finish the race. It's fine. Um, okay, let's move back to regular qualifying. <laughs> Sorry, I, I did not let you go on. Wow. Um, I was actually shopping at the time that the q3 was happening and i like i i had to just like put my phone up on a shelf and like watch that last little bit because no no no, i'm so serious i couldn't do anything like i was like i just need to watch what happens because charles had it and then max took away that that fastest lap and he got that pole position and i was i was like i'm gonna scream i was at like like I was literally at the liquor store and I had like my bottle up. You were at the liquor store? I was That's at the liquor so store. So much worse. <laughs> and I was like, this is the worst, like uh, literally the worst for me. But when it like announced that, or when it said like Max was taking pole, I went, I almost posted on her story saying like, you know, Max 
is unreal. Like there's no stopping him. And then when I went back to like F1 TV, cause I thought it was done. It was like Max's time got deleted. And I, I almost dropped my bottles. Like <laughs> I didn't, I had them, but I almost dropped them and we're good. And I couldn't scream because I was at the LC. So that would just be very disrespectful, but I was very happy. The end of my story. Thank you for listening. Um, anyway, big news track limits for Max Verstappen. He does not get that full position. Like what? Big. No, it was, was huge. Big. Absolutely huge. Because what else was really rare in that quality session was the fact that Charles set his lap very early on. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. he set his flyer maybe I think with like six minutes to go. I thought for sure there was going to be someone to take over that spot. Mm-hmm. There was. And then it was taken away. Was so it's probably one of the better qualities I've seen this season. No, it was good. I was on the edge of my seat. Not yeah. seat. I was standing. I was shopping the whole time. Yeah. And holding glass. So. Yeah. Not too what good. What were you buying? Melon liqueur and then some sparkling wine. Because I was making this that This was drink. for a specific drink. Okay. I made yes. like this monster mash, like green drink. And then I messed up when I was making it. And because I, I was only supposed to pour in like a shot and a half of like the melon liqueur. Because it's like 18%. And then the rest, or like half champagne, and then like top it up with seven up, whatever. I poured in like all of the melon liqueur. I didn't drink it. Wait, what? You just forgot the other two ingredients? It was just <laughs> no, I just I switched it. I put in a shot and a half of the champagne. And then the rest was the the green melon liqueur. I didn't I didn't drink it. I didn't drink it. If I drank it, I would have died. Um, I fixed my mistake, but the drink ended up really good, being really good. So monster mash mimosa is what it was called. Okay. So spooky. Mm, sounds good. Moving on. Lando first, uh, or Lando on the, um, the front row for his hundred race. Mm-hmm. I just want him to win a race. That's See, it. I was thinking about this after the race race today. It's like, everybody always says after a race like this for Lando, like his day will come, his day will come. And I'm sure he's so sick of hearing his day will come. Like, I'm sure he's just yeah. like, let's, I want to win now. Mm-hmm. He's due. He's so due. It's not like he has to keep pushing or keep doing something else. Honestly, it was more a strategy error today. I would I say. Okay. I don't think it was an error. I wouldn't even, I, that, an I, error is a tough word. It, like risky. It was, it was a risk that it they was, took and it didn't pay off. And was, that's unfortunate. Let's just talk about the race. <laughs> let's just get into it. I think we just okay, have jar. to. <laughs> yeah. After what, like half a second, Lando takes the lead from Charles. Yeah. Like what? You get your choice, really? How do you think feel about that? What am I to say? I'm also a Ferrari fan that has no faith in anything. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I recorded my reaction because I thought something was going to happen at that turn one. And I was just so excited when Lando took the lead and then he kept it for like a hot minute. And I was like, this is his day. More than a hot minute. He More had- than a hot minute. Yeah, I was about to say, he was in the lead for quite a long time. Like, Mm -hmm. he took that lead, and I was like, oh, I have a feeling about Lando today. Like, you, like, those gut feelings, I was like, today might be the day. Because like you were saying, Hannah, it's not like he's, like, a bad driver or anything like that. Like, he has the skill. He has the car. Just sometimes the Red Bull's a little bit faster. So it was more of, like, can Max stay behind? What's going to happen? But I had a gut feeling about Lando today, and it just really sucks that didn't happen and today wasn't the race because it was looking really good for him mm-hmm. Austin I fear that we actually ruined Lando's race because at the same time in our group chat when we were texting we said we just have a feeling that today was Lando's day I I was with you on that and almost immediately was when they both went into the pits and Max came out first yeah 
Wait. Oh, yeah. Because Max Max pit first, didn't he? That was the second. The pit second stop. pit stop. Okay. So we're yeah. getting to ourselves. Oh, also Ocon's retirement really early on. I would like to just put this out there, and I said it to you both today. This is Esteban Ocon's seventh DNF this season. Seven. That is yeah. unheard of. I and you know what? Not all of them have been you know driver error. A lot of it has been the car itself. But it was really, um, they were looking strong. They were looking strong this weekend. They were both into Q3 and they qualified well. And yeah, just not, I don't know what's going on over there. But Mercedes, I don't even want to say Mercedes. I want to say Lewis was doing really well. George overtook off the track again whatever um yeah I, I mean know. that's just a typical race for George honestly at this point like but yeah no Lewis overtook for I think he was up to third place Max was still at fifth place Lando was extending the gap and I'm like this is my favorite race right now because it was like yeah Lando and then at one point it was either Lando Lewis Charles or Lando Charles Lewis like it was like those three and I was living for it. Yeah, you, also, you posted stop the count. That's stop the count. Yeah. That's what you wanted. Stop the count. <laughs> Let's also not forget that Oscar DNF'd pretty early on in the race too. Lap ten. And yeah, and then they were like, "We're not going to tell Lando." Mm-hmm. Like I think like another lap later, Lando was like, "Oh, I'm feeling kind of like something on ba- off balance in the turns," and everyone's just like, "Oh my god, please no." <laughs> I know because it was like the the wind or whatever, and we thought it was a fake out. But he said his radio out. message went in, and he said that at turn eight and nine, he was feeling unbalanced. And his well, actually, the commentators immediately shout out James Hinchcliffe on the okay. on the on the commentary box this weekend in the commentary box, who also was rooting for Lando. He said, "Yeah, something about how." It could have just been the wind. They were all talking about it. And then immediately his engineer came on and was like, it could just be the wind is uncertain in those areas. So I think McLaren made a really good call not telling Lando that Oscar was out. If that was the case, I don't actually know if they ended up telling him or not. But I think like being like, let's just not put something else on his shoulders. Let's just let him do his thing. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Oscar, was it? I was about to ask. I missed I mean, I knew Oscar had DNF'd. I saw it, but I'd miss why. Do we know why? Oscar came on the radio and said something. <laughs> something was wrong. And they immediately looked into it and they were like, they yeah, just we're just going to need to retire the car. Oscar and Esteban collided. I knew that Oscar and Esteban collided in lap one. But I didn't know that that was why Oscar had to retire. It it mm. does say that there was minor contact, but um, yeah, it, it does look to have been the cause for both of them okay well i was like man it's really sad for both of them yeah i was devastated oh my gosh yeah and you had like i had said like this is growth for us because we were not huge mclaren fans at the beginning of the season lando's another story we'll always live laugh love him but like being like we're broken up over oscar retiring Mm -hmm. we would not have said that at the start of the season I did not expect to be an Oscar fan. And then like, I don't know, just something over the season, same thing happened to me where I was like, I, I have to, I have to be a fan. Mm-hmm. And that was just devastating today because of how good he did in the last race, you only expect success from him from now on. Mm-hmm. And he just didn't have a good weekend overall. No, it wasn't any, I don't think anything was like his fault. It wasn't huge. No. Driver, it just like, wasn't just not his weekend. That's what it yeah. was. Okay. So the pit stop max pit first. And then it was Carlos and then Lando. And then we were all like, why isn't Mercedes pitting? And then it turns yes. out they're going to go for that one-stop strategy. Yeah. yeah. They did so not. This is when they that. radioed into Lewis first and they said, Lewis, can, can you, you do five more laps on these tires? And Sorry, like, my millennial pause was yeah, there for a second. 
And he was like, I don't know, man. Like, this is not feeling great. And they immediately radio- radioed into George. And he said, Yep. <laughs> he probably did the thumbs up in the car, too. I just, no, I like, I can imagine him like just driving and they're like, George, can you do a couple more laps in these? Like, we're going to go for a one stop strategy. And he just went, Yep. No problem. I mean, he was airing out his hands the other day. We know he can drive with zero to one hands on the wheel. Just (laughs) oh, you think he went for the double thumbs up? Just I got this guy. More laps. Yep. (laughs) Out of the halo, you can see it at the top of the car. Honestly, I just like it was just funny because in like a few laps later, Lewis was like like upset. He's like, you know, I'm 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 struggling. Like this isn't fucking working. And I'm just yep. Like I just know. like yeah. the total difference between the two. I drivers. love Lewis because he's so me. Like during the race and kind of just like during like the heat of the moment, he's like, I don't know, guys, I'm struggling out here. I don't know if I can do this. Like you're putting you've put me in such an impossible situation. And then like at the end of the race, he's like, Great job, everybody. Incredible, incredible work. Like, great job, team. And I'm like, that's so me. <laughs> I do that. See, I am Max. Stop <laughs> fucking talking to me while I'm breaking. <laughs> He was angry. I, don't I thought him and GP him. were gonna fist fight. Uh, G- GP wasn't at the podium. Did you guys see that? It wasn't oh, him. Yeah. It wasn't him who had gotten the constructors' trophy for that race. It was something else or someone else. But I thought that was the funniest thing. I was like, I knew Max was fighting for his life this race, but like he wasn't fighting the drivers. He was fighting GP. Like, yes, it was literally like the rest of the grid was like everybody versus everybody, and then it was Max versus GP. And I swear he was going to get out of the car and just like throw him a right hook because he was like, stop talking to me for the love of God, please. (laughs) I don't blame him. He was really struggling with like the brake issues that he had. And I guess just GP was just timing his messages during the break points. But also the messages he was telling him was like, hey, you and Lewis have the same pace right now. Like, yeah, you and the guy who's in P3 right now have the same pace, just so you know. It wasn't an unnecessary radio message. Like he needed to hear that message. So I don't think so. I think so. I mean, I do think that Max was doing what he could because his brakes were failing at this point. But I think it is it is important for him to know, like these drivers are gaining on you. And we were still maybe like two or three laps out. And Lewis near the end was almost within DRS range. So like don't do you not think it's important for Max to know what's coming behind him? Like I don't I think I'm I think Max in this situation. You you know what you're Lewis, uh you're Max. I think I'd be Lando. Don't tell me what's going on. <laughs> Please don't tell me what's going on. I don't But like we have on. made the decision to not tell you what's going on. Like somebody else made that executive decision. And for I you. love that. I only need to know what I like what's how well versed are you both in Twilight? Very why? Not much, okay. but I've watched them. Oh, <laughs> Good. I so I've been doing a rewatch because one of my favorite pop culture podcasts is doing a rewatch of them. And I just watched Eclipse yesterday. And there's that point in it when Bella goes, From now on, I am Switzerland. Oh, yeah. And that yes gets me every time. But that that was you just now. <laughs> I'm Switzerland. <laughs> you're Lewis, you're Max, and I'm Switzerland. I'm Switzerland. Um All right. okay, back to we like lost track at the first pit stop. We needed this. Sorry. We needed we are very sad that we couldn't be in Coda, all three of us. Yeah. This weekend. Yeah. And so we needed, this is why we also felt like we needed to bring Boston in. We needed some more energy in this podcast. We needed, sorry, what? Okay, real fast before we get back into the race. Confirmation. I need you to know. I just need you guys to know this. Land is hotter in person. We got confirmation. I'm so happy for you, Emma. 
Congratulations. That's awesome. I just needed you guys to know this. Okay. Not to burst your bubble, but he also showed up this weekend with his new girlfriend. <laughs> I blacked that out. That didn't happen. She wasn't there. Who is she? I don't know. Doesn't matter. Who is she? I don't know. Say you're sorry and say she's very beautiful. She's, she is. She, oh, she's stunning. <laughs> she yeah. is like, she's otherworldly, beautiful model. You're just sad. I'm just very sad. But yeah. you know what? Got confirmation. You know, because you know when it's like, you wouldn't know because you're in love with your boyfriend of six years. But you know when you're like on a dating app and like you see someone, like their photo and you're like, you could be attractive. You you might not be, but then you meet yes. them in person and then it's like, whoa, your pictures don't do you justice. It was like that. I so just... you're saying when you see them in person, they're hotter than they are. No, yeah. I've never had that happen, unfortunately. Just getting catfish left and right. Yeah, let's go back to the race. I'm so sorry. Anyway. Oh, um, apologies. Max Pitt first. He put on the mediums. A bunch of everyone, like everyone else pretty much went to hards. Um, Mercedes did not pit right away. The whole mm-hmm. George. Yep. Um, that whole thing. And then it was like pretty much Lando versus Max for the longest time. And I um I was very stressed out. Yeah, I think we all were. I like because mm-hmm. I I honestly thought Lando, because how the commentators were saying it, saying it, it was Max had to pit again. He he had started on the medium tires and then switched to new medium tires. So he had he pitted around lap 15, which wouldn't have the No, but you need at least two t- two tire compounds. And he he wouldn't have even yeah wait what you need two tire compounds when you're driving you cannot be on the same tire compound the entire race yes yes mm-hmm. okay yeah what did he start on mediums okay yeah so he started on mediums switched to new mediums um and even though he was he eventually got ahead of lando it was like okay but is max going to be able to create a 20 second gap for him to safely go into pits and still get that lead or should lando just like chill for a minute and like just not fight yet because as long as he is it within 20 seconds, pretty much that race could be his. Uh, and then he he dives into the pits. I don't think any of it. Did you, did you see it coming? I didn't see it coming. I didn't see it coming. I just was like, oh, and he's in the pits now. Okay. And I, I, I got so stressed out about this because he the gap just kept growing for a few number of laps. It was like he, he had within like 1.6, 1.8 seconds for a while. And then it was two seconds and then 2.3 and 2.7. And I'm like, something is happening to Lando. And I don't know if he was just like communicating because we don't get all the radio messages. So maybe he was communicating with his engineer or maybe he was hesitant to know, hesitant to go into the pits or not, or like make this move. But I feel like if Lando had dove into the pits just a few laps earlier, he would have had a better chance at not finishing third maybe at least like second or had a better shot at fighting max because by when that gap was extended by the time he ended up going to the pits I think it was like well over three seconds and it's like if you had just dove into the pits when it was still at like 1.82 seconds you know like you would you would have just saved so much time like it was just like really minuscule things like that do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like I I mean the same thing with Lewis yeah if Lewis had pit slightly earlier he would have probably come out ahead of Max, but they waited two two, two long. laps long longer, and he mm-hmm. ended up coming out behind Max. And it was just some strategy issues today. But I mean, I think McLaren making the call to pit Lando when they did was genius. Yeah, I wish it worked out the way it the way it should have or could have. But because that that forced Max into the pits, and he probably he did, probably wasn't he didn't want to go into the pits at that point. Like mm-hmm. he was like, no, I'm fine still. Mm-hmm. 
anyway, right. beautiful move, just like risky and unfortunately didn't pay off for McLaren the way that they wanted it to. Dang. But as soon as Lando went in for, for those fresher hearts, then Max jumped in right after he him. He had to, yeah. Max ended up coming out ahead of Lando, which unfortunately, and that was even with a, with a, a slow stop. I know. So it was just a really unfortunate turn of events for I know. Lando and McLaren. We said at this point, Max was fighting for his life. Like he was really having a hard, not a hard time this race. Like he still won, but like, yeah, he actually had to race. You're, like he yeah, hasn't had yeah, to do that it, at all. This it season. wasn't a 20 mm-hmm. second Max victory. Do you guys remember when he started complaining about brake issues? Um, um, I want to say it was like, towards the beginning like it was pretty early on pretty like early. I don't want to say like about the halfway point I think it was definitely double digit in laps but like it was definitely before the halfway point well he was complaining about it during the sprint weekend or sprint day as well about issues with the car um yeah like I think that they this their their car setup just wasn't ideal for this track mm-hmm. unfortunately not I mean not unfortunately like they still won it was fine it wasn't just like a an easy ride for him this no, weekend no no, I remember the commentator saying during the sprint race, like, oh, well, luckily they have time before tomorrow to fix up any issues because mm-hmm. it sounds like they made not changes, but like they tried to fix something before the sprint race. It didn't go according to plan. And Max was complaining about it. And then they are like, well, they have time before the race tomorrow to make those changes. And it sounds like they weren't successful again, but he still, he I mean, still won. He the actually race, said but- that the setup today was worse than yesterday. So hmm. um, mm. that's, yeah. I think that just says a lot about his driving capabilities like he's insane and then when Lewis went into the pits for the second time and he put on the mediums I think that was a great call by Mercedes yeah it was kind of I mean you're you're a Lewis fan more than we are but I could just imagine you just sitting there like on the edge of your seat because he now has to overtake four or five cars again Mm -hmm. to get back I was in position Well, I was standing um, because I just couldn't sit down. Um, but I was like, they're closing the gap. They're closing the gap. Like I just saw him pass one after the other, after the other, after the other. And I was like, we're getting there. And then it was then that last lap. I knew it wasn't going to happen, but I was like, I just kept saw- seeing like 1.9, 1.8, 1. 1.7. And I was like, oh my God, we're actually closing the gap. But um, I, I don't mean, think obviously- that was, I think that was more of Max struggling as opposed to Lewis. Lewis gaining. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was still no, I agree, like, but... good to see, like, if Max had struggled, like, two laps earlier, we would have had mm-hmm. that, like, sprint to the end. With right. Can, oh, that that overtake that Lewis had on Lewis, or, whoa, the overtake that Lewis did on Lando, and Lando's, yeah. like, late mm-hmm. move to try and defend, I thought that was, I just, it was just very entertaining to watch. I mean, Lewis still got ahead, but, like, props to Lando. It was a great fight. It was, it was yeah. good. Like, that, that turn there, it was... Lando had a couple moves today. Like when Max overtook him um, initially, he tried to do kind of what Charles had done with Max earlier on in the season where he would let Max pass knowing that they were going into the corner and hoping he'd have the apex Mm -hmm. and try to overtake him that way. Um, Again, Mm -hmm. it didn't necessarily pay off, but Lando was crafty today with his, you know, He's a good driver. Lando, we could be world champions. And I don't mean to like rub salt in the wound even more, but I, his time is coming. Like I feel it. Maybe I just jinxed it by saying that, but like I hope it soon. I yeah. hope. Yeah, I know it is. We all hope it is. It's Everyone gone. hopes. The message that Charles gave to uh, Javi, like, why did you let Carlos, or why did I have to let Carlos pass? Like, we'll talk about it later. Oh. Um, Carlos had a had 
a lot better pace. Mm -hmm. This is Mm -hmm. like one of those scenarios where I'm like, no, it makes sense to give Carlos that position. He can hold it better. And he was at one point going to try and fight Lando for that third place Mm -hmm. position. Charles was not in a position where he could do that. Mm -hmm. And so I just feel like his message saying, we'll talk later. It's more like, why? Like you look at where you are, look at where Carlos is like, and then Charles got passed again by um, Checo. Checo which is of course this is the first time we're mentioning Checo right now and only thing he did today was (laughs) past Charles past Charles Charles, Charles. well he had like jumped up to p2 and I like wasn't paying attention to him had to pit yeah he wasn't that's true right but like that was the first time I looked over at the leaderboard and I was like where did he come from like he has not been here this entire race and like I'm not speaking on him at all just like he didn't do anything really significant during this race he was kind of just he was quiet he was quiet hanging out yeah and I think the only reason he was able to overtake Charles is because Charles's strategy just this weekend was not it just wasn't it Carlos had the better strategy mm-hmm. for sure well and I and think they were and- still trying to figure out strategy at like lap oh my 50 god when they're, they're like should we uh plan is- C or plan D and I'm like should we not have also one of them was a one stop we were already like near the end of the race I don't know why we were yeah like i don't know what charles is like it's a little late for that or something like yeah um i don't know i feel bad what did you what did, what was the text i said i said i like how javi just clocks out of his shift at like lap four and then he has charles just like do like the rest of his job for him he's like we could do plan b or plan c it's whatever you really want to do like he is driving at 200 miles per hour yes i use miles per hour um like, he's not necessarily in the mindset right now to be like, yeah, let's go with plan C. I've thought about it for a little bit. And I think this is the best way to go. Like, that's your job, Javi. Do you know what a kilometer no. is? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for you to ask for it. Because Logan Sargent does. I know. I was going to say, Emma, I can see it in your face. What are you going to say? And I thought we were going to say it at the same time. Oh, like, what the- Logan Sargent knows what a kilometer is. Logan Sargent listen, knows what a kilometer is. Listen, okay. People don't know this. Of course, they want to know this. I'm an international business major at school. So I talk a lot in like kilometers and Celsius and all this kind of stuff. So I do know what a kilometer is. I promise. I just can't. I know it's more than a mile, a little bit more than a mile. That's all I know. <laughs> okay. This is funny because we actually had a, a, a temperature debate yesterday. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I, I was talking in like, I was like, oh, what's the warmest it got you guys like experience in like the summer and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, here it's like, and something degrees Fahrenheit, and they're like, "Hmm, no, I, I know Fahrenheit. Yeah. yeah, we're like, I, I frequent Florida, so I understand it. Yeah. For those who don't know, minus forty is the same in Celsius and Fahrenheit. That we was all learned something new last night. Yeah, that was very weird to me. I don't know how that works. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not a scientist, and Boston's an international business major, so she doesn't know either. Yeah. Uh, back to the race. Lando got driver of the day, and he was like, "That's basically a win." Yeah, I love, I love that for him. I love that for him. Um, he's a, he's a glass, glass half full kind of person. Yes. Yeah. I think, yeah, and it was uh, his fourth podium in a row at his 100th race, which is so exciting. Yeah. I love that for Lando. I want to talk about the podium ceremony because mm-hmm. I, I don't think we're missing anything else with the race. I think we've kind of... Yeah, race is good. There's still some other notes from the weekend, but like, yeah, yeah. go go ahead with the podium ceremony. I didn't watch it, so, so you I'd didn't love to know. watch it. Oh. I, yeah. So kind of ugly. Um, when Max was on the f- top step, and I don't know if it was when he got his trophy or if it was like right before that, but all I could hear was one cheers for Lando, and two, 
booze for Max. Just so yeah. much booing. And I'm like, like, I, I, I don't, do you boo people? I don't boo people. Look, I'm a hockey fan. It is very common watching yes. live hockey games to boo. So okay. I have been, I have partake, partook in a few boos myself, but I would never have booed Max Verstappen, who is handedly the best driver on the grid right now right now that's that's it it's like he is doing his job he's doing it well he's winning as mm-hmm. he, sh- he and even today he made for a good race not to his you know he was actually not what fighting. he wanted but he had to fight for that win today it wasn't like he won by 30 seconds no yeah. it was right he his elbows were out like he fought for it and he deserved that win and just a chorus of booze. And I just felt so bad. I don't know if I just like am too soft in the, when it comes to this, but I was like, this is sad. It like No, I felt bad too. It was just, it was uncalled for. No, and like, like, it was so uncalled for. And like, it's just like, that's how American like sports culture is of just like, there's an obvious like favorite and not favorite. And I felt bad too, because they like, Lando had walked or Lewis had walked out, Lando had walked out and then Max walked out and there was booing. And then they handed, you know, like Lando his podium and like I, or his trophy, I'm sorry. And there was like a mixture of cheers and boos for Lando. And I was like, wait, hold on. Why are we now booing Lando? Like this is, doesn't make any sense. Why are, whose side are we on here? Because I feel like in American sports, there's almost kind of like a clear, depending on where you're at, a clear, like favorite and not favorite but well, I, I think the so favorite confused. was Lewis this weekend for sure yeah because, I, think I mean so. Oda is definitely one of his be- better tracks mm-hmm. but yeah. they all three of them had such an incredible race like the podium was well no one else deserved to be up on that podium this weekend mm-hmm. and yeah I don't know like do we forget that these are real people with real emotions yes, absolutely yes that's like exactly my god happened. don't boo them they're doing their goddamn jobs yes. I don't think about that here in America unfortunately it just hurts like just to it, yeah it's uncalled for like it, you can be a fan of one and not be a fan of the other that's totally fine but like you're embarrassing yourselves at this point point. and out of all the races this is like one of the few races this season where max actually like put in the work and yeah. fought for like, his needed to like yeah fight the whole time mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. anyway i want to i just like don't boo people yeah. i don't know um, if we, we're still going at hockey games like okay like that <laughs> I don't boo people. Hannah is a hockey culture person. She can boo people. She can boo a team. Don't do, boo. A, is there person. booing in football? Yeah. I, I do watch NFL, but not enough. I've never been to a, a live game. There's, if, the, okay, when I, the games that I've been to. You've been to NFL games? No, like CFL games. We've never booed a, at a CFL game. If there's booing, it's like towards the calls that are made. Yes. It's not so much at the team. Yes. Yeah. It's like we're booing the refs. Yeah. Booing the people that makes the calls. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I haven't been to, uh, yeah, I was about to say, I haven't been to an NFL game in years, so I can't really, like, attest. Anyway, that was the podium ceremony. Yeah. Um, for those who are wondering why, at the last race, why Qatar, their champagne bottles didn't spray, Qatar's a dry country, so there's only limited places where you can have alcohol. The podium ceremony is not one of them. I didn't know that till you so, said that today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was, yeah. well, I was really confused, and so I looked into it, and then I totally forgot to mention it last episode, but, yeah, but there was champagne today. Actually, honestly, the F1 Academy podium was uh, like they were going hard with the champagne. Mm-hmm. I quite liked yeah, <laughs> I loved it. It was great. The purple Pirelli hats that they were wearing, like I saw Susie Wolf had posted, like Pirelli had made them like special. I think it was like a purple or pink hat. Like 
how do I get one of those? Those are so cute. I want one. I think they were, they were purple. They were so, yeah. I, I, I want one. I don't, I need one. I, I need one. Like, yeah, you can, one academy. Hat, if you can, if you can make those for the girlies, that'd be great. I talk girlies. So Thank you. Thank you. So, so, um, okay. We're real quick. I think we'll skip track stats. Yeah. We're not going to track. track stats will be on our social media later this week. And just side note, if you guys have seen something floating around about the Netflix cup, I'm so pumped for this. I didn't know what the hell it was. Homework. That's watching Full Swing. Okay, so members, not members, athletes of Full Swing, like the golf. Is it PGA? Yes. It's, okay. This is so funny watching you explain this. I'm not. Can you take over? Yes, I, yes. The Netflix Cup was announced this week. I'm so excited for it. For those of you who didn't watch Full Swing, it's a Drive to Survive modeled docu-series about the PGA Tour. Um, similar to, we talked about Breakpoint, we talked about tennis, at nauseum. Anyways, this one is going to be a kind of competition between some drive to survive athletes with so some F1 drivers. I thought they and... were pairing up. I thought it was like one. But driver. it'll still be a competition oh, like yeah. amongst them. But okay. and um and PGA tour golfers, which yes. is super cool. So it's it's to also to promote the uh Vegas Grand Prix because it takes place at the golf course mm-hmm. in Vegas. I don't know which golf course. It's um, the Wynn Golf Club. Love that. So what there's Confirmed drivers are Alex, Pierre, Lando, and Carlos, which doesn't shock me at all. Doesn't shock me at all. Pierre does a little bit. I didn't know Pierre was a golfer. I hope Lily's there, like with Alex. Oh, yeah. I just feel like that'd be great. So I saw on IGAF1's story this weekend that they were at a a live event and Alex was there talking about how, like, everyone knows his girlfriend is a professional golfer. It doesn't help him at all because he doesn't listen, he said. He's like, she tries to give me pointers. I don't listen. I'm still not great at golf, but I'm excited for this event. That's what he said. Hey, I'm, I mean, I'm excited to watch. I will watch Full Swing yeah. when this happens. Yes, that weeks. is everybody's homework. Watch Full Swing. It's honestly very, very well done. As a golf fan, I quite enjoyed it. Uh, Just so you know the personalities going into it, I think it'd be beneficial. Sure. That's smart. Yeah. Should we? But the golfers who are going to be involved, they're going to be Ricky Fowler, Max Homa, Colin Morikawa, and Justin Thomas. So, oh, I love those guys. Yeah, I know. I know you do. Big, she's a big fan. Um, <laughs> I'm excited too. I'm excited to watch it. So this will be November 14th. Mm. This is not a sponsored ad, but it's sounding like one. <laughs> and it's actually a live streamed event. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I did not know that either. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, before we end this, uh, we forgot to mention we got a loint and a yoint. Actually, we got loints and yoints because Yuki got the fastest lap. He finished 10th. So we got two points. Lance finished P9 two points so I'm wearing my Lance jersey today my goodness just a really good day to like be me I think uh great a great day for Emma <laughs> great day for me we got a loin congratulations on everything you've learned throughout this weekend too I mean you got a loint you got a yoint you got land on the podium Lance is hotter in person like you are thriving right now I'm thriving also we have forgotten about Pato we didn't forget about Pato never I would never forget. I could never forget about Pato Big Pato okay. girlies over here at Track Talk. Yeah. Like, oh, he was there. His little winks at the camera. He knows what oh. he's doing. He is put he is giving Charles Leclerc a run for his money. And when he wears we have to talk about Charles too. But when Pato wears that oh. cowboy hat, <laughs> I don't I can't even think about Pato. Charles' story. The most bizarre Instagram <laughs> story. And actually, Boston, credit to you. You caught it probably 30 seconds into him posting it. No, uh Emma did. Was that you? It, was it wasn't me. me. Oh yeah. Sorry. She- Sorry. 
No, yeah, Emma had texted us. We were in the middle of some other conversation and then sent us the link. Nothing could have prepared me for what I had saw on his he story. Was, he was dressed in those tie-dye <laughs> bleach pants that I have a, a personal vendetta. I over. loathe those pants. And they need to be set on fire. I don't know if he had like the chaps on or what, but then he was on his friend's, uh, Joris. Joris, yeah. He was yeah. on his back and Joris was making like the... Yeah, like the. <laughs> I was wondering where the noise was coming from. I think he was clapping, or maybe it was off camera. I think it must have been off camera. There was some production value put into the story. Yeah, but there was lots of thought, and I bet you that was like not take one. No, yeah, no, like, no, they had to take it a couple of times too. <laughs> Release the bloopers. <laughs> yes, hey, he posted it yesterday. Someone has to go and save that story. Like. I, well, I had I got a screenshot of it, but I didn't save the. Um, oh, it's it's all over. Don't even worry about it. Yeah, the fans did it for us. And the funny part is, a lot of these drivers don't tuck their pants into their cowboy boots because, like, I'm talking Danny. He's the only other one. Actually, Valtteri was mm-hmm. and and Joe were all wearing. Anyways, no one tucked their pants. Charles tucked the bleach pants. <laughs> and he put on the bleach pants. I was like, yes, this is good style choice. Let me put the boots on and then the hat on and yours. Come here. I need, I need you to do something for me. Come here. It'll be funny. I promise. I need you to be a horse. Yes. <laughs> like, and she was like, now I look like a real cowboy. <laughs> yes. If you haven't seen the clip, go find it. It's, uh, it was something. Anyway, Pato was in the paddock. Um, love to see it. <laughs> just going to segue back to that. Love to see it. He is everything to me. I think he's everything to me. He's everything to Boston. Is he everything to you too? He's everything. He's everything to me, guys. You guys don't get it. <laughs> no, we get it. We all get it. Um, yeah, love Pato. Speaking of Aaron McLaren, I just sorry. I would have also loved to have said that we have another guest with Jessica Hawkins this weekend. Oh, Jessica Hawkins was also in attendance at the yeah. race. Yeah. yeah, she was with Aston Martin this weekend. Obviously, she's an ambassador with them. They're a test driver. She's also a stunt driver. Which is, yes, yeah. which I love, like for like movies and yeah. stuff. It's Amazing. That's so cool. I know. What a fun life she has. But yeah, she was there this weekend. Um, a lot of fun celebrities there this weekend. I have no idea who that actor was who was waving the flag. Yeah, I don't know either. Like, I'm sorry, you have Prince Harry there. Get him up there waving the flag. Prince Harry wouldn't do it. Yeah. I yeah. think he would. He's already stepped away from the monarchy. Give him a flag. Yeah. <laughs> Even if he was a part of the monarchy, you think they wouldn't let him wave the flag if he wanted to? I don't think Prince Harry is saying yes to that. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, I, I Maybe I'm holding him to a standard that no one else does. Anyway, Aaron McLaren. Uh, back to that. We already put out a little teaser clip, but we're super excited because we did a little sit down with David Malukas last week, and that episode is going to be out tomorrow. So make sure you listen to it. Double dose of track talk this week. Let's go. Track talk times two yeah i'm so excited you guys oh yeah please listen to the david lucas episode um you don't even need to be like a huge fan of indycar to enjoy that conversation because he was a hoot on honestly like oh she's using my slang now Hoot. oh he was great um so thank you david lucas and the arrow mclaren team for setting that up yeah just like a big week for big week for track talk big week that uh, just f1 in general a lot of fun things happened and we are only race one into our triple header so and i'm already tired i'm very tired also, for everybody who reached out, I did post a story, but thank you so much for everyone's kind words this weekend. Um, my puppy, my dog, I said my pu- two-year-old dog. I'll give you puppy. My puppy um, was hospitalized, um, so I was a little reserved from my social media. Um, we were very worried. Um, she seemed to have swallowed a few items, which she doesn't do, so it was very weird for us. Um, 
but anytime that you, you have a pet that's sick or hospitalized, it's just the worst feeling in the world because, you know, they don't know that you're not coming back to pick them up that night. They don't really know what's going on. They don't know why they're in pain. And it was like an immediate thing. Like we knew we had to get her to, to some, see some vets, <laughs> doctor. see some doctors. Um, so thanks for everyone's kind words. Um, she is at home and feeling almost 100%. So good. Yay. Anyways, I'm also going to release track stats on TikTok and Instagram this week. So stay tuned for that. Mm -hmm. Um, that might be it. That was our Coda recap. This was Boston. Boston. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks Uh, so much for having me. She might might make another reappearance. Um, fun to have our little American point of view. Mm -hmm. I think also we just need, you know, our Canadian accents, we say a lot of things wrong. And while we also do think Boston has an accent, Boston has an accent. It, she can correct us if we say something absolutely bizarre. Well, but if she's like, wrong. here's the thing: is I also have I say things incredibly wrong too, because at the end of the day, I'm always the pit of every joke in the world of being American. Like, I don't know if you guys see on Furious Motorsports. Sometimes I make videos for the page. Um, I just get sometimes ridiculed in the comments of just my American accent and. They don't bother me because at the end of the day, that's how I speak. I can't change it because if I say it with like a, like if I'm saying, talk about Charles and I say it with a French accent, then I'm an asshole. But if I say it in an American accent, then I'm incorrect. So there's just no winning. So I really don't care. That's that's kind of how that's I how we stand feel. as well. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's my accent. It's how I grew up. It is what it is. It is what it is. I can't change it. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much, Boston, for joining us for our Coda recap. We are Track Talk, and go listen to our Dave and Lucas episode out next week. Whoa, whoa. Go listen to our Dave whoa. and Lucas episode out tomorrow. Um, but we'll be back next week. Thank you. Welcome back to Track Talk. I guess this is a disclaimer that we're recording the day after we found the news, or we found out the news of. Lewis and Charles being disqualified. Naturally, we're all kind of pissed about it. It's um, a sad, sad day. Well, I told Emma this morning, like something happened when that decision came out because like everything else in the universe has just been like off balance since then. I have my theories that I'm not fully going to get into, but this is just, why don't you just recap what actually happened, Em? So after the race, I want to say it was a few hours after the race, the FIA does tests all the time on all the cars for like weighing and then certain cars on whatever else they want to test. And they found that the cars of 44, Lewis Hamilton and 16, Charles Leclerc did not meet the regulations for the floor board, the skid plank, skid board, what's it called? That wooden board underneath the car. Um, so in the regulations, it has to be a centimeter, 10 millimeters, and it can fluctuate by at least, I think, a millimeter throughout the race, but it can't it can't be any thinner than that. Otherwise, it's not safe. Um, they put these rules in place after Art and Senna's death to just, just to ensure the car is safer and that these drivers are safe when they're in the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's only a few times when this has like happened before, one of them being Michael Schumacher. I said that weird. Michael Schumacher being disqualified. I don't know which race it was, but that was like the first time that he was, that this regulation was really nailed down on. And then another time a few years later, but then they appealed it anyway. So it's been like 20 years since this has actually become an issue and someone's being disqualified for it. And I just think it's, it's not one car, it's two. Um, And there's a lot of theories. And we had one of them that was like, well, they should test Max's car. They did. They tested Max and Lando's car. 
there was those four cars that were tested for the the I don't know what it's called, the plank. And yeah, Charles and Lewis did not meet those regulations, hence disqualified. We lose the Lewis podium. Checo is now further ahead in the standings. It's a sad day for Charles Gurley. It's a sad day for team Lewis Hamilton. You know, that's that's the gist of what happened. And Logan Sargent got points because of it, because they were like disqualified, disqualified. So everyone moves up those two places, which means Logan Sargent first points at a home Grand Prix, I guess. And that's Logan is the first American driver in Formula One to score points in Formula One since Mario Andretti, which is, yes. I mean, props to Logan. That's great. Congrats to him. Um, he's had a rough season, so I'm sure this is just a little bit kind of like rewarding of like, I'm not totally wasting my time here. So this is peculiar to me that this is how and when Logan scores his first and everyone's saying points. It's point to point one mm-hmm. in f1 at a home race i'm i am not convinced <laughs> and that's it all made, it would have made a little bit more sense if it was at the miami grand prix right that's more of a home race he's from florida yeah um i saw like something about the commentators say like this is logan's first home race or something like that and i was like no miami was like his true home race mm-hmm. um but yeah no i i get what you're saying hannah it's a little bit it's peculiar, and that's where I'm going to leave that. We can we can definitely say that this weekend was rough for a lot of the drivers and the cars. You know, they had once they had one practice session, and then after the practice sessions, they're very limited on what they can do to the cars to fix them to alter them. They had the practice session, the sprint day, and then no practice session, quality sprint day race. So they they're pretty limited on what they can do. So if they had noticed an issue, it's not like they can go in and make those changes otherwise you know they would have had to start from the pit lane or i'm not saying that this is the case but it's very possible that there was one person on the team that knew of the the breach in the rules and was like well high risk high reward what's the chances that we'll get caught for this mercedes in particular had brought an upgrade package to the 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 bottom like the floor of the car and it clearly worked. Um, I'm not saying that they cheated. I'm just saying that there are rumors that they did. Do your own deep dive. Um, we're not here to confirm or deny everything. We just want to. We just want to get the information out there. Um, but again, like I said, we need to remember that this track it was hard on the drivers, hard on the cars. Very bumpy track. I feel like there's going to be damage to a lot of the, a lot of the cars after a weekend like this. So that could have been the case as well. One of you sent in our group chat last night, and I'm just pulling it back up, but Tom Bellingham, F1 reporter, did tweet, the fact only four cars get checked and half of them were illegal makes you wonder if anyone else would have failed this. Surely it can't be the bad luck of the draw of getting checked. Charles liked this tweet. It's a little bit sus, like, after, because I was like, oh, that really sucks. Um, You know, what a shame. I didn't really, like, pin it on anybody. It was kind of just that kind of thought. And then I saw... That was a screenshot from somebody else on Twitter of like, oh my God, I can't believe Charles just liked this. And I went to go check for sure. And lo and behold, he did like that tweet. Um, so, and then Lewis and Charles had that that joint Instagram post mm-hmm. this morning of them just being like mood. So mm-hmm. that that was funny. Ferrari put out a video from one of their engineers, their engineer explaining what had happened. And um you could tell English was not his first language, so he's trying to explain it the best he possibly could. And me, who's not a car mechanic, was trying to understand it the best that I could. Um, 
Yeah, but it was just a lot of like, I don't remember exactly what he said, but they were trying to explain what had happened with the car. They tested the four top cars, one of the four yes. top cars, like what you could have tested one of the Aston Martins or one of the Alpines that also had an incredible weekend until Esteban's DNF. Like, where did those upgrades come from? Like, or again, was it just everyone had damage and it just so happened that the two cars that were chosen just had it worse if i remember correctly from that video ferrari release they said something with the amount of just like because it was a sprint weekend and they didn't have a lot of time or space to make repairs on the car um the car was going to have damage like that was inevitable there was you know only one practice session qualifying which is fast paced you know sprint shootout fast pace a sprint race which is fast paced and immediately into the race like the car is going to have damage and it was out of their control um, if I remember correctly, don't quote me on that. Um, but that's why I'm like, I kind of wish they would have gone and tested more cars, not just the top four cars. I feel like more people could have had the same issue or the same damage because of the intensity of the weekend. So we've talked a lot about contracts on this show and we've talked mm-hmm. about how people are under contract, but sometimes it doesn't mean much. What I didn't know was that there in a lot of F1 contracts, there are what they call exit clauses. And that just means that if the team, there's clauses such as like, if the team doesn't uphold this standard, a contract can be broken by either a driver or a a team um, based on these clauses. So um, I saw a tweet that said, friendly reminder that if McLaren overtake Ferrari in the Constructors' Championship, Charles could use his exit clause. And this was from at Marinello Saint on Twitter. This is... And so they obviously can't like quote the exact contract because that's not public knowledge, but this is supposedly public. No- this part of the contract is supposedly public knowledge that Charles has an exit clause that states that Ferrari cannot drop lower than third in constructors championships. And not that his contract would immediately break, but that he could use that to break his contract if he wanted to. And again, because you can't actually physically read the document itself, it's it's a, legal contract um there is still you know that little seed of doubt that this could not be true but it seems to be that a lot of people are saying that he has this exit clause and that there are most drivers that have exit clauses such as like some something similar to this and lando norris is not one of them this is just something that's interesting that i'm going to point out now that i I just learned about throughout all this and that i'm going to obviously keep an eye on uh, for the rest of the season at this point right now Ferrari is ahead of McLaren and the constructors by about 80 points. Right. It's a, it's a race here. Something else I'll note, and this is just a funny thought, um, and lots of people are, are posting this, so, you know, you all might have seen this before I say this, but Charles, they're calling it the triple crown, that he has started from pole and DNF'd. He has started from pole and did not start, and he has started from pole and got disqualified. So while this seems like, you know, isolated incident, this could have potentially really big consequences in the rest of the season in constructor standings, in driver standings, because had Lewis kept his P2, I believe he got within 17 points of Checo for the driver standings. That's huge. If Lewis finishes second in driver standings, that is absolutely massive. And if Checo does not, that is equally massive. It's just, it is a little bit harder to catch up. We have how many races left on the season? We have We seven, have five. Um, four. We only have four. Four. Damn. We have Mexico, um, Brazil, which Lewis is 
always good at Brazil. We have Vegas, which is going to be a little bit of a challenge for everybody because that's a brand new track mm-hmm. um, with brand new, like, you know, asphalt and everything laid down. It's going to be challenging. And then we have Abu Dhabi, which is going to be fun. So, like, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's not a good day. It's not a good morning. Because if it would be a good morning, then Charles and Lewis would have been disqualified. Thanks so much, everybody.